0: you know this is the time of the of year when uh, open enrollment uh happens for a lot of people and uh, i've actually been working on our open enrollment this year for our insurance and uh just planning uh what type of insurance that you know we're going to have uh for next year it's it's been a little bit of a pain to navigate because like my company's given this new plan and we're just trying to see if that's going to work for us but you know it's um it's always a pain sometimes dealing with those things. But it got me kind of thinking that all the different uh, benefits that your job offers, right? Like your job, your employer offers these different perks, right? That's what they get you to kind of draw you in. They want you to work for them. And these are diff- different benefits, right? And, uh, you know, for the most part, I would say that we know what those benefits are, right? We, kn- we are employed there. We know what our benefits are. You know how much vacation time you have. You know how much sick time you have. Uh, you know if the insurance that your company offers is any good or the different types that you're able to get. You know that if you're able to get some type of retirement plan like a 401k or IRA, you know for sure probably if you get a bonus every year, right? Uh, maybe you get free stuff from your job, uh, you know, products they produce, free T-shirts, Maybe they allow you to have a longer lunch at times, but every different every company has different benefits that they offer. And, uh, you know, some are better than others. Right. Some are not so good. And that's why companies have different ones, because they want to draw you in, they want a better offer uh, benefits to offer you. But but we don't rarely forget those. You know, And I was just thinking as I was uh, preparing for this as like, you know, I can list all the benefits from my job. Um, because, well, we're all about the benefits. We're all about the things uh, that's going to benefit us. You know, that we, so there's something that we can look forward to. You know, we, we often forget, we often, we never forget, excuse me, we never really forget the benefits from our employer, but how often do we forget the benefits from the Lord, the ones that he offers us? And I would say that we forget those benefits way too often. And so tonight, let's turn to our text tonight. Um, I believe that the passages are going to be up on the screen, I'm not sure. But if not, uh, you have a Bible hopefully in front of you. Uh, And so we're going to be in the book of Psalm tonight. And Psalm 103 is where we'll be, is our main passage. And our title tonight is going to come straight from that passage where it says, Forget Not All His Benefits. So if you want to turn to Psalms 103, we're going to read the first five verses. And we're going to look at these benefits from the Lord. And see what he would have for us tonight. Psalms 103 verse 1 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth, redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And so what we see here, we have a list of five benefits that we're going to look at tonight. Now, this is not a comprehensive list of all the benefits. I mean, there's so many more benefits that the Lord provides us, but we have five of them tonight. And so if we see in verse 1, it says that the bless the Lord, Oh, my soul and all that is within me. And so we know it's the Lord that blesses us. But here we see the phrase bless the Lord. And, you know, we kind of think, well, how is that possible? Right. How can we bless the Lord? Like he doesn't need anything from us. We can't do anything that is going to make God better. Right. I mean, God is already uh, perfect and he's already the best that he can possibly be. So it's like, how can we bless the Lord? And so this word blessing, bless the Lord, it really just means praise the Lord and worship the Lord and live for the Lord. Right. And it's not just about um, singing songs to him. Praise and worship is not just about what we do Sunday morning before we uh, hear a sermon. It's it's more than that. You know, blessing the Lord is the highest level of adoration we can give God. And that's. Uh, The highest level of adoration and the highest level of affection and gratitude that we can give him. In Psalms 145 verse 10, it says this, that all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Now, we see that it says shall praise thee. And unfortunately, that doesn't mean we always do. Right. We should do it, but we don't always do it. We don't always give God our fullest affection, our fullest adoration. And, so, and that's the whole thing. That so many times that we, we see we're going to for, we forget his benefits. And so to be able to bless the Lord, you have to be able to do it with your whole soul. That's what he says. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. You know, our soul is really who we are, right? You know, we know we're made up of uh, three parts. You know, we have a body, soul, and spirit. And our soul is the, is the makeup of, of who we are, right? It's our mind, our will, our emotions, our personality, our character. And we need to bless the Lord with everything that we have, every ounce of our being. And so we notice the uh, repetition here, right? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And then it says, and forget not all his benefits. And this is where we're going to land tonight. This is where we're going to be at tonight, that we're going to look at these benefits and hopefully by the end of this, we don't forget them. Because we do, though. We often forget what God has done for us. Even from uh, day to day, we just simply forget. I often say that, you know, well, we must have a self-diagnosed case of dementia because we, God can do an amazing thing in our life. And then before we know it, the next thing we know, we have forget, forgot what he's done. In Psalm 68, verse 19, it says this. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth, loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, say Law. He loads us up daily, right? I'm just thinking like he's just piling these things on top, right? Like every single day he loads us up. Uh, Psalms 68:19. Every single day, we're just being bombarded, right, with all these blessings. Don't even, don't even know where they're coming from. I mean, we know where they're coming from, but they're hitting us at all angles. And yet, we still forget. It's like, how is this possible? Because this isn't a once-a-year thing. This isn't a benefit that happens every uh, every other week no this is something that happens every single day in our life and yet we still forget i have a quote here and i want to see if who you can get if you can guess who said this quote it says we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven we have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity we have grown in numbers wealth and power but we have forgotten god we have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. Does anybody know who said that quote and and possibly when? I mean, you would think it would be something recent, right? Doesn't that sound like something that we could probably say today? That we have become too proud to even pray to the God that made us. Well, it's not. This is not a recent quote. This is something that Abraham Lincoln had said in the National Day of Fasting, Humiliation, and Prayer in March 30th, 1963, 18, sorry. Yeah. 18, not 1963, 1863. Thank you, Rex. No. So even then people were forgetting God and it's only gotten worse, right? We know that we see it in our culture. We see the world that we live in, that we live in a godless world. So now a benefit, think about a benefit. It's a good thing, right? It's something that we can look forward to. So the word benefit is defined in the Webster 1828 as an act of kindness, a favor conferred, an advantage, profit, a word of extensive use, and expressing whatever contributes to promote prosperity and prosper, uh, promote prosperity and personal happiness or add value to property. And so that sounds like something, you know, how often do we try to gain the advantage right we try to sometimes get ahead in life and we try to get one over on somebody or we try to uh be on top right we try to be come out of this better than what we were and sometimes we're just you know, we're looking out for ourselves a little too much right we we take the benefits for granted now these benefits from the Lord, they are promises that he gives us, and uh, what we can really do if we forget not his benefits, we can turn these, our problems, into promises, right? Because we got, we got a lot of problems, right? We all do. We all got things going on in our life, and we can turn those problems into promises, but we can't forget, and too often we do. So we're going to look at these five benefits tonight. The first one is who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. So you see, we see God forgives us, but then we forgive, we forget him. We forget all about him. He forgives us, but then we forget him. And what if we just remembered this first benefit? What if we just took... Only this. And look, didn't think about anything else, because without this one, without this first benefit, we really would have none of the other ones. If our sins were not forgiven and if we couldn't start there and we didn't get to that point in our life, I I look around the room and I, I pray that everyone's saved tonight. So everybody kind of knows what I mean here, that our sins have been forgiven and we've accepted that fact. But. We have to have that first one because everything else is built upon it. And so it says all thine iniquities and not just some, not just the ones that everybody knows about, but those secret sins that only you and God know about. And we all have them. We all have things in our life that we need to work on. We all have sins that we just don't really want to tell people, but God knows them and you know them ultimately. But if we notice the tense here that it, that it gives forgiveth so that's our past, present and our future sins have been forgiven but that does not mean it's okay to purposely sin right God forbid, but we still do. we still sin, we still purposely even sin because even though knowing that God forgives you, I mean how many of us have done this I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up, I know I'm going to mess up. God's going to forgive me. It's going to be okay. That's not, that's not the life that we should live. I mean, I don't want to test God like that. I mean, unfortunately, I, I have in my life, but so our sins are forgiven. But that doesn't mean there's no consequences for your sin. Like we still have to pay, pay up when we mess up. So we see this first benefit as the most important because without it, you know, we can't even have that relationship with God. You know, our sins are forgiven, but oftentimes we didn't even say we're sorry. So we've been pardoned, right? Praise the Lord. But the thing with that is there's a completeness to God's forgiveness, that it's just not um, a partial forgiveness. He, he forgives us, and, and even later on we see that he forgives us from the east to the west. And so, but what happens though is that for us, we don't often do the same. That we don't forgive the same way that God forgives. We try to, we should try to, but it doesn't always happen that way. Because what happens? Something else happens, and you think you've forgiven, you think you've moved on, but something else happens, and then you go back to that time when they messed you, that they messed up, or they did you wrong. That per- People generally only remember the bad that you do, right? You do, you could do good and do good and do good and then you mess up the one time and sometimes that's all that people will remember. But God's not like that. God is, is, when he forgives, he completely forgives. I like what it says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. It says this. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Right? All is all, and that's all there is. But yet we forget. I think we take God's forgiveness for granted sometimes in our life. Because it happens. What happens? We keep going back to that sin. We keep going back. I don't think we take 1 John 1, 9 as seriously as we need to. It's a verse that we all know from D1, from Lesson 1, right? We go all the way back to the beginning, and I'm sure we've all slept since then, so we're going to refresh it. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we got to confess them. We got to actually confess them to him. He forgives us daily, but we're still supposed to confess those sins with him. We've got to have that short account with God, and we all know that. We've all heard that. Says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But, you know, maybe you just wasn't using the correct water. Gotta be using the living water, right? We know that. So that's the first benefit that we see from the Lord, that he forgives all thine iniquities. The second one that we see, uh, that's also in verse, uh, three, Psalms 103, verse three, it says, who healeth all Thy diseases. Now, God definitely heals our diseases. He heals our sicknesses, our infirmities. You know, this does not happen the same way as it did with the disciples, necessarily, where they're laying hands on people and uh, they're miraculously healed. Uh, Now, it does happen through modern science and medicine and technology. And it still does happen miraculously. Like, people are still miraculously healed we know that we can pray for people and all of a sudden boom they're better but it's really sad i was watching video on youtube whatever the other day and he's this guy has this kid probably young teen maybe 10 11 years old and it's a girl she and he has her he's like okay now i want you to pray over this person and she's like praying over him and stuff and the person had some illness or something and all of a sudden, I'm fine, I feel great, you know, and I just don't know how true that is, you know, um, I just don't see it because if that was the case, if, if anyone could have a child working through a child and I don't know why that was. I mean, I've seen other videos of people like praying over people themselves, but having the child do it was, was a new one for me, um, but I think those people got to beware because if they're <laughs> if if they're uh teaching another gospel, then they need to beware and and like I said, I know that God heals people miraculously but if if someone could do that, don't you think they'd have a line to their door and you know, hey, can you heal heal me and heal me? Oh, I can see you and yep, absolutely, so I think people need like that need to be aware, and like I said, hopefully uh they can get those things right before they're truly judged on that but there's so many different diseases in the world so many different illnesses so many different sicknesses i mean we at the beginning of tonight we prayed for several of those and this list is full of them that's hardly even touches what's all on this list we all have people in our life that are struggling with those things we all have people that are going through cancer or uh different kinds of uh just diseases and illnesses and so I asked uh, Google, I said, how many diseases are in, there in the world? And it said, the focus is really on rare diseases, but a credible case could be made that there are at least 10,000 diseases in the world, though likely there is more. Over 10,000 diseases, and I don't necessarily know what they classify as a disease. Sometimes it's, it's a disorder or it's a disease. I don't, I don't know what's classified as that. But that's a lot, man, that's a lot. And we know that some, in, the, in the Bible, diseases often represent sin. But uh, in this verse, um, it, people uh, debate if it's a spiritual disease or a physical disease. And um, I believe here it's a physical disease that, you know, we know that God heals. But he does both regardless. He, he heals our, our sin. And so whether it's a, a disease of our sickness or a disease of our sinfulness, we're healed by the blood of Jesus. And so that word disease, though, um, just if you're curious, it is translated as disease twice, sick once, sickness once, and grievous once. So, uh, like I said, I'll let you determine if it's a physical disease or spiritual, but I know that God heals both. And 1 Peter two twenty four, says this, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we Being dead to sins, shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So, regardless, we know He heals all of our diseases. And you know something? We don't truly know why all these happen, these things happen to us and the people that we love, and, and in our church body. But I know one thing. I know that I have seen many faithful members in this church, in this body that have suffered those things well, right? We have a lot of people that we can think of that, man, they've been sick. They, they're battling cancer. They're battling all these different things and they're still faithful, right? They're still serving. And I can name names, but I would miss people. And so I'm not going to do that. But um, I think of this verse when I think of them in 1 Peter 4:19, and it says, wherefore let them that suffer." according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So I just, I think of these people in our church body that are suffering well, and I just pray that if I ever fall ill like that, that I can do the same. You know, I can even see around this room, I can see people that have done that, that have been through some of these hard things, and God is keeping you around. And you still have a purpose and you still have something to live for. And so I just pray that if that ever happens to me, that I can be that faithful to the Lord and not question him and not say, woe is me and "or why is me? Because it's easy to get into that. That's our second benefit tonight. He heals all thy diseases. Our third one that we're going to look at is in verse four. Psalms 103 says, who redeemeth thy life? from destruction. And how true that is. He redeems our life from destruction. I mean, who could say that in their life at some point, they were headed for destruction, all right? I, again, I look around the room. I know some of your testimonies. I know some of your stories. I know that that's where you were headed. And praise the Lord that he redeems us from that. You know, as a part of Life Issues Ministry, I've seen this over and over again. People headed for destruction, but I've also seen God redeem their lives. And I'm a testimony of that. I'm a living testimony that God can redeem your life from destruction. And I know some of you may know, that, know my testimony, but, you know, I used to uh, live a life of addiction that uh, was headed straight for destruction. And so maybe you can understand that personally. Or if not, you at least probably know someone In your life that has been affected by some sort of addiction, you know there's a statistic that says two thirds of America are either directly or indirectly affected by addiction. That's an astronomical. That's just a crazy number. Number that two thirds of people in America either have an addiction themselves or has a loved one that does, and. If you look at what an addiction can be, it can be a whole scale of multiple different things. It's not just drugs and alcohol. Really, it's just an amplified sin that you can't find yourself out of, that you just are stuck into, right? So if we look at it like like that, then really, we're we're all addicted. But we see, when people are in those kinds of addictions, we see destruction of ourselves. We see destruction... Of relationships, of their goals, of their ambitions, of their self-worth. You know, it affects everyone around them. You know, some people said, have said that they were on a highway to hell. And that is true in the most literal sense. They were on a highway to hell. And if today, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, then you are still on a highway to hell. I like what Lee Carter had said one time a few years ago when he was here. He said, if you said no, if you say no to Jesus, then you're saying yes to hell. And it's true. And we got to get the, the world to see that, that you are saying no to Jesus, you're saying yes to hell. And those are sobering words there. Cause that is the real destruction that God has redeemed us from. An eternal hell. He saved us out of one on this earth, but he saved us one from an eternal one as well. And Job uh, 19.25 says this, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Man, praise the Lord for that. That I know my Redeemer lives. Do you? And so, whether you're in an active addiction or anything like that, or if you just keep messing up and you keep sinning, we all have setbacks, right? We all have times in our life where we think we're doing good and we get to a point where it's like, ah, messed up. So if you have a minor setback, don't worry. You can look to God and have a major comeback. doesn't matter where you're at in your life. He can redeem you. And so I love this verse in Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. And I'm, I'm truly thankful that God redeems the time because I know he's done it in my life. And so, again, some of you probably know this, that because of my addiction, I was incarcerated for seven years. And I can truly say and be so thankful that this last September, I was, I was locked up for seven years. And this last September, I celebrated seven years out. And if I just, like, try to even compute all the things that God has done in that time frame, I just can't. I can't fully grasp all of what God has done for for myself and for my wife and my family. So if God can redeem the time for me, I know he can redeem the time for you. All right, benefit number four. Benefit number four is also uh, in verse four of Psalms 103. He says, Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. So he not only redeems, but he also rewards. And it, how amazing is it for the King of Kings to give us any type of crown? Like, well, just think about that for a minute that the only one who really ever deserve a crown. The King of Kings, Jesus Christ, gives us any type of crown because we've gone from a, a curse to a crown, and we have a crown. We all have a crown to look forward to, but it's not for ourselves. It's for the Lord Jesus, so that we could give it back to Him. That's a good study to do sometime. If you have never done that study, there's different crowns in the Bible that that you can get for different things. We don't have time to go through them tonight, but. That's just how much God loves us. Right. That's how much he cares for us, that the king of kings is willing to give us a crown. How cool is that? So to crown it it also, it means to surround a crown goes completely around our head. Right. Because the thing is, there's no halfway with God. When God gives us a benefit, he doesn't give us a partial benefit. These are full benefits. These are full-time benefits. He completely surrounds us with them. So God gives us full benefits, even if we're only part-time workers, right? Don't we want to do that sometimes? We want to do, we want to do half the work, but we want to get all of the benefits, you know? Sometimes it takes work. Being um, a man or woman of God and living for him in this world, it takes work. You got to you got to make it uh, personal in your life, and you got to put in the time. And you got to pray, and you got to make a real have a real relationship, just as you do with anyone else, with your family, with your spouse, with your kids. You have a real relationship with them. You put forth the effort. So we can't be part time workers, if we want the full time benefits. Because God is more than just a redeemer. He, he pardons us from our sins, but he doesn't just let us go on our way, right? Someone's pardoned um, from their crimes and, and while they're in prison, they just let them go on their way. They don't ever have to see him again. But when God pardons us, he doesn't just let us go on our way. He, he takes us in as his own and he teaches us and he helps us to grow because we're his children, and so he crowns us with two things that we see here. He crowns us with loving and kindness. And doesn't it seem that true kindness has to come from a point of love? That if you're going to be kind-hearted to somebody, it has to be out of a point of love. It can't be out of hatred. It can't be kind to someone out of a heart of hatred. And so the Lord can crown us with loving kindness because he is love. And then we see tender mercies. And that this word, uh, tender mercies is also the word used for bowels. It's the inner part, the innermost part of us, right? Really, it's our soul. It's who we are, but it's the, it's the deepest part of who we are. And that's how we're crowned. We're crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. In Colossians 3, 12 and 13 says this, put on therefore, As the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And verse 13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. How often do we get into these little quarrels or tiffs? with people, even with our brothers and sisters of Christ. We get into these things, these arguments or these debates or whatever you want to call them, and it's really over things that really don't matter, right? Man, there's some Christians in this world that uh, you wouldn't know they were a Christian even if they told you. There's some people that are just... That are are honestly just rude and petty people sometimes. Let's not be like that. That's not why we're here on this earth. We are not here to represent Jesus Christ in that way. He's crowned us with loving and kindness and tender mercies. Let's not forget that. Let's treat others the same way. All right last benefit for tonight here that we're going to see is Psalms 103 and verse 5 says this. It says, Who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Who satisfy thy mouth with good things. That's our last, that's our fifth benefit that we see tonight. So it's one thing to be satisfied in your soul, right? And it's another to allow that to come out to others the things that you share and speak with people because if you have a new walk in Christ then you should also have a new talk in Christ and you know I'm sure we've all been here but I'm thankful for myself at least that I, I don't talk to people like I used to and not just with um, the cussing and the vulgarity but just in general how I would uh, address people you know I wouldn't address them with respect. I wouldn't, you know, and that was all part of, part of that was then when I was in my sin, but the way that we speak to people really, uh, really just kind of speaks volumes, right? No pun intended. But, so this is, for example, so I'm at my job, and I got people that work on my line, and I have a guy that is, has been just maybe a little bit slower at doing a few things. And I had come off a little bit frustrated on our line one day. And then my boss approached me and said, Hey, he kind of seems like, you know, you're, you know, upset with him. And I didn't really, I wasn't really upset with him. I was just upset that we weren't running when the line wasn't running. But, you know, I, I look back on that moment and I'm thinking, well, it's not just the words that I said to him, it's, but it's also how I said it to him. And so I look back on that moment and I think, well, okay, I probably didn't approach that the properly way. So I went to him, I apologized, and you know everything got sorted out. But it just really makes me think that when we speak to people and how we speak to people, it really um, just affects our relationships. And so it's really satisfying to uh, to me, and hopefully it is to you, when you can have good conversations with people, healthy conversations, whether that's whether you're witnessing to somebody. Um, with, or your fellowshipping with others in Christ. Because it says he satisfies uh, thy mouth with good things. And so what is the most good thing? Whether that's proper English or not, I don't know. What is the most good thing that we could share with people? The gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so all of our conversations may not be necessarily sharing the gospel with others, but we should be ready to talk about it if it goes that way. All of our conversations should be, at some point, Christ-centered. I mean, just as our life should be Christ-centered. And so we should have good, godly conversations with people, whether um, if if they are lost, you should be ready to share the gospel with them. And if they are saved, we should be ready to talk about what God's done for us and how we can edify him. But how often do we hurt people with our mouth, with our words, right? It happens. You know, I've said some hurtful things to people before, and it's the worst feeling that, that you can have, especially after you realize that how badly you hurt that person. Because in the Bible, it says in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, it says this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life and the power of the tongue. And I'm sure we tell this to the kids all the time that, that saying the sticks and stones and, uh, may break my bones, but words may, may never hurt me is not true. That saying is definitely not true. Cause I know if I, if I say something, uh, to my beautiful wife over here, if I hurt her feelings, I instantly feel horrible for it. I mean, I obviously, I try not to ever do that because I, I don't like talking to her like that. I like to speak kindly to my wife and just in people in general. But I know she isn't satisfied with that, and I most definitely am not. do not feel satisfied. And so our words can hurt people. And this word satisfy, it means to be fulfilled, be complete, lacking nothing. And Webster's 1828 says this, that it's to gratify all your wants, wishes, and desires to the fullest extent to supply possession or enjoyment till no more is desired. So here's a question for you tonight. Are you satisfied with where you're at in your walk with Jesus? Like in your soul, are you truly satisfied with your walk with Jesus? And if not, then what is it that's in your life that we need to correct and we need to fix? Because it says in... 1 Thessalonians 4.12, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Sorry, that's not part of the verse. That you may have lack of nothing, right? That we are satisfied to our core, and if it's inside of us, those things should come out of us, Right? And so this next part of this verse that we get all these benefits from God, and it says, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And I, I think about an eagle. Eagle was always like one of my favorite animals as a kid. I always wanted to be able to fly. I always thought that'd be cool. And even um, that, that's why one of my favorite hymns is I'll fly away for part of that reason. But I always just thought it would be so cool to fly and be like an eagle but you think of them and they're just so majestic and so fearless and that's just like a great bird when you think of a great bird you think of an eagle and so if we remember these benefits and we apply them to our life god's going to renew us and we will be vigorous as an eagle doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter what you've been through in life that your strength can be renewed you'll be young you'll be act like you're young again and Molt away all the the craziness of your life. And just as it says in Isaiah 40 verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So is that us tonight? Are you running your race and not being weary? Are you walking with the Lord? And not fainting, because if if not, know that the Lord can satisfy you, but you can't forget. You can't forget His benefits. And so, what we have tonight, we have uh, five benefits from the Lord. Like I said, these are not an exhaustive list of everything that He uh, blesses us with. So we see that He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems us from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he satisfies our mouth with good things. So he forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, and he satisfies. But I want you to notice the who it's being addressed to. It says that he forgives all thine iniquities, that he heals all thy diseases and redeems thy life from destruction. and He crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, and he satisfies thy mouth with good things. That means this is personal. He's not just talking to just a collective group here. He's talking to us individually, personal, that we can apply these benefits to our life. But hopefully you don't forget. And you know the cool thing about this, though? Well, you know how much uh, benefits cost us at our employer. Sometimes we uh, have to be able to pay for our insurance and, you know, different things like that. So how much do you have to repay these benefits for the Lord? Nothing. Right? In Psalms... 116, verse 12, it says this, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Nothing. There's nothing that we can do to repay the Lord for all the benefits that he blesses us with. But what happens if you're at your employer, you're at your job, and you don't take advantage of those benefits? I know sometimes Vacation time might roll over or something like that. But normally, if you don't partake in your benefits, you lose them, right? So you get nothing. You lose out on the opportunity to take part of them. And it's the same thing if you choose to not take part in the benefits from the Lord. And this verse is the verse that God laid on my heart for this lesson tonight. It was in Second Timothy six two. Is that the one that I wrote on there? Sorry, First Timothy. That's what I, I was. First Timothy 6, 2. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. So you must not forget the benefits of the Lord, and you must take part in the benefits of the Lord. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Uh, dear Lord, uh, Heavenly God, Lord, I just uh, I thank you.